Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. Just a few announcements that I want to share with you today. Uh, actually, just, actually, just have one. Make sure you pick up an announcement sheet. If you're a guest today, thank you so much for being with us. We welcome you. We want you to feel at home. So if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, let us know because we want you to know how welcome or how honored we are to have you here this morning. So we, can we just welcome our guest this morning? Our teenagers are heading to camp tomorrow, so be in prayer for them uh, so they'll have a great week. Uh, Logan says to announce that you guys will be meeting at the church in the morning to get ready to leave, so be here at 830 for all those that are going to camp this week. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we sense your presence in this place this morning, Father. And uh, God, we don't want to do anything without you. We want to be led by the Spirit, God, because we know that when we're led by the Spirit, that, Father, when we're in your will, God, that everything will work according to how you planned it to be. So today, God, we pray, that may, uh, we pray for your, your anointing to not only rest upon us, God, but to flow through us, through every area of our life, to the people that we come in contact with every single day. Bless this offering. Bless the lives that are here today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. This morning, I want to... Pardon me as I take a drink of water. I want to share a message simply called this this morning. You've been called out. This past Wednesday night, I shared a little bit about uh, some things that have been on my heart. And just over the last couple of days, I've just been praying. And, and I really feel like God is still leading me to stay in the direction that some of the things that we talked about Wednesday night. So if you were here Wednesday night, guess what? You get a double portion today. Somebody say, praise Jesus. Hey, I love a double portion. If it's double food, double whatever, double portion, it doesn't matter. Just fill it up. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about you've been called out. Hebrews chapter 11 talks about a, a group of people that had faith, that had incredible faith, that just uh, just was led by God and, and to, to step out into the miraculous and to step out into the unknown. And, and God, just, just got, God just moved in their lives and in their hearts and in their situations. You can go back and read it later. It talks about Moses and Noah and, and, and all these wonderful men and women of God that we still talk about today. A legacy that was left for you and I to learn from. These people just, they, they did it. They were in the streets. They were in the... They were in the convenience stores. They were in the community just being led by the Holy Spirit and, and allowing God to use them to, to plant churches and to do all these other things. And what I, as I was reading over that passage of Scripture this morning, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13, it says this, and this is what really just blew me away. It says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. It wasn't just a season that they were decided to live in. It wasn't just a moment that they decided to live in. But the Bible says that all of these people, that, that Hebrews chapter 11, better known as the, the hall of faith that, that it talks about, it says that they were still living by faith when they died. That's what my life, that's what I want my life to be. Not a life of, not a moment of faith, but a life of faith. That even on my deathbed, 
I'm still serving God. That I'm still living by faith. That even though that, that, I, I, that I may be li- lying there and, 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 and about to take my last breath, I'm still praying for healing. I'm still praying for whatever God has for me. That I'm stepping out in faith. That I'm living by faith. And as the Bible talks about, that's what they did. They didn't have a moment of faith, but they had a life of faith. And as you read through it, it just mentions all these great men and great women who, who were not just had a great faith, but they were called to action. They were called to serve the Lord. They were called to, to make a difference. And can I tell you this morning, that sounds like what God's saying about the church today. You, we've been called to action. We've been called to live a life of faith. We've been called to go into the communities and, and to reach people and to, to minister to people and to love people where they are. Not to clean them up, but to love them where they are, bring them into the house and allow God to clean them up. Sometimes we want to clean them up then, but God says, let me do that. Let the Holy Spirit work in their life. You just be a vessel that I can work through. You just be a vessel that I can flow through to touch those people's lives into the community. So Hebrews chapter 11, verses 32 and 34 says this. It says, and what more shall I say? And it's like, God, it's like God, he said it all. I do not have time to tell about Gideon or, or Barak or Samson or Jep, Japheth and David or, or Samuel and the prophets. What about these guys? Can you imagine these guys reading that, that scripture? They're like, thanks God. You've talked about everybody else. And what great faith, the, but, but you, don't even have, you don't even have enough time to, to mention me? Come on, God, what are you doing? And, and so the Bible says that he talked about David and, and the Samuel and the prophets and who through faith conquered kingdoms and administrated justice and, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions and quenched the fury, uh, the fury of flames and escaped the edge of the sword and whose weakness was turned into strength and who became powerful in battle and routed out foreign armies. God's talking about these men for just a moment. And then what I thought about was this. As you look at this, these, these men that God talked about were powerful men of faith. Known as, you know, we, we talk about the moments of faith and the, the life of faith that they lived, but yet in moments they had moments of weakness. They were, they were faithful men of God and faithful women of God, but they had moments of weakness. Can you, can you testify with that this morning? Have you ever had moments of weakness? It, it doesn't make you a bad person. It just, you, had, you just had a moment of, you just had a, a, weak, a weak moment in your life. So as I read through this, it talks about how God used Gideon to, to, to destroy idols and defeat it, a much larger army. And, but yet it, it talks about a man who doubted God's word. And, and he, had it, he had to have God repeatedly give him a vision or give him a sign that he was doing what God had called him to do. He, he was a man of God, but yet he still doubted God. And he needed God to keep giving him confirmation over and over in his life that you're doing okay, Gideon. You're still doing what I've called you to do, Gideon. A man that doubted God. Barak was a man who led Israel in a victory over the Canaanites, yet the only way that he would go and fight was that Deborah, if, if Deborah went with him, and Judges chapter 4 talks about. So it was like, you know, it was like he didn't have enough faith and enough trust to, to trust God. But it's like, God, I'm not going to go unless, and Deborah, unless you go with me. It's like he was putting more faith and more trust in, in her than he was in God. 
but he was still a man of faith. He still did great things, but he had a moment where like, you know, I, I, I don't know if I can go if you, unless you don't go with me. Samson was a man who defeated the, the Philistines, who was set apart as a, as a young man to do great mighty things. But here's the deal. He never lived up to his full potential because he was led by his feelings and by his desires. He didn't reach his full potential. He, and, and the man that God had set him to be, he never reached it because he was led by his feelings and his desires. And then lastly, it talks about Japheth who defeated the Ammonites and yet made a foolish vow to God. And it wasn't a great vow. You can read it later in Judges chapter 11. Then lastly, God used David greatly to become a leader and a king. Yet David filled, uh, failed with Bathsheba and his own family. They had moments of weakness in their lives. But what I love about it is this, but it didn't stop God from using them. That's a good place to say amen this morning. Even when you have moments of, of weakness in your life, or even when you have moments of doubt, it doesn't mean that God can't use you. It just means that in that moment, God's going to show up a little stronger. To give you a little more confirmation, a little more strength, a little more, hey, you got this. I'm cheering you on. I'm leading you on. So I want to take a moment this morning to look at the life of Gideon. And I want to learn something from this story this morning. And I hope you do as well. This was just a normal day in Gideon's life. But it was, it was a difficult time. You see, Gideon was a man that was living in desperate times. He was a man that was living in desperate times. Things were not good in Gideon's generation. The Israelites had been taken into captivity and they were living under the oppression, the oppressing power of the Midianites. They were living under that, that oppression of the Midianites and, and I'm sure they were dealing with depression and all these other things because they were living in captivity. And then the Bible talks about that, that uh, later on and we'll get there in just a moment. Well, what I thought about was this. The Midianites were bullies. You ever been bullied before? By somebody? The Midianites were bullies and whenever the Israelites would go out and they would, they would plant their crops, the Midianites during harvest season would come out and they would destroy everything that they worked for. They worked hard and they planted these crops and the Bible says that they would go out and destroy all the crops but, and then it would, they would destroy their animals. And so everything that they worked hard, it was like was taken from them all the time. It's just like, God, that, that sounds like me. It's like, God, I, you, I do this, and it was like the enemy just comes in and just wipes it all out. It's like you got to start all over again. But what I love about it, even though that sometimes I have to start all over, God is still right there with me. He's still standing there like, come on, Chad, we're, I know this is, a, this is a do-over. Come on, this is a mulligan. Let's keep going. Let's keep moving. And so they were bullying them. They were living under this captivity. And so it wasn't a great time that Gideon was living in. This was a desperate time for God's people. And I thought about this as I look at our society today. And listen, I'm, I'm not a person that, that is uh, a negative about all the things that's going on in our world today. But I, I do know and understand that we live in a desperate time. It's a desperate time. And it's only going to get worse. So I hope that encourages you this morning. It's just going to get worse, but here's what I love. God still is God. That even when times get more difficult or more desperate, He's still there. He's not changing. He has not left us. He's not walking away from us. He's just like, Chad, I know things are going to get a little, they're going to get a little more difficult. 
It's going to get a little harder to serve me. There's things that are going to happen in this world that maybe you, you're not prepared for. But understand, I'm still God and I, I know what's going on. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. So it was a desperate time for, for Gideon. But what I love about it is during desperate times, God raises up leaders, men and women of faith. That when times get very difficult, when times get dark, when times seem just like, Ugh, can I tell you this morning, God is raising leaders. And what I see this morning in this room is men and women of faith, leaders that God has called to serve him and to make a difference in this desperate generation. Men are called to, to serve God and to bring other young men under their wings to teach them things that maybe they don't know. Women, same thing. We're, they're called to, to bring other women under their wings and, and lead by an example and, and, and how God has given them and gifted them in their life. And I know it's desperate times, but it, but it doesn't mean that we should run and hide in a hole. It's time to come out of the hole. And, and be men and women of faith that God, that God sees us to be in our life. You see, God raised up Moses when things became desperate. God raised up Esther when things became desperate. God was raising up the disciples when times became desperate. He says, come follow me. I'm raising you up. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you something in your life that later on is going to become beneficial to you. That I'm going to slip away from you. I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to take, my, I'm going to take the throne beside my father. But I want you to know that I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit with you. That as you go through desperate times. That as you go through dark times. And as you are bullied by the, by the enemy. And when the enemy tries to come in and take what belongs to you. I'm the Holy Spirit. I'm real. I live inside of you. You're just going to have to fight a little bit harder. But I'm still there. Even in desperate times. As, as he's raising up leaders. Today, God is looking for people who he can raise up to send out into the communities in desperate times. God doesn't have favorites. Can I tell you this morning, just because I have a pastor title in front of my name doesn't mean I'm more favorited than you are in his eyes. It doesn't mean anything. We're all we're in the same boat together. We're all doing this thing that God's called us to do. So God doesn't have favorites. He loves everybody the same. He loves his children the same. You see, God will do more in someone's life simply because they're willing to answer the call when others won't. The Bible says that the harvest is ready. Think about that this morning. The harvest is ready and it's still, it's still coming forth. But the Bible also says, where are the workers? The workers, are they're few. That this group of people, they can't do it all. That, that there's, other, there's other people that God's calling into the, into the, in, into the kingdom to, to go out and to harvest what he's bringing forth. But you have to understand that you are part, you're part of that harvest. You planted the seed. You watered the seed. You took care of the seed. But God brings the harvest. So he's using you to bring in the seed that you put in the ground. Or the water that you poured on top of it. He's using us to do that. In desperate times. And so this morning, as, we, as we're led by the Holy Spirit, understand that even when we have moments of weakness, even when we have moments of doubt, it doesn't mean that God can't use us. That we are still usable in the kingdom of God, just like these men were. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 5 says this. It says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were set apart, or before you were born, I set you apart. I... God Himself, the Creator of all things, 
I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You see, Jeremiah was being called out by God. He was saying, Jeremiah, you have a purpose. You're not just going to be, excuse me, you're not just going to be born into this generation, but you have a purpose. And I want you to know, Jeremiah, that you're going to be a prophet to the nations, that you're going to prophesy the word of God over people's lives, that people are going to come to know Jesus or come to know God because of the prophecy that lives inside of you because I placed the word in your heart before you were ever formed. You're a prophet to the nation. You're my spokesperson, Jeremiah. I'm calling you out even before you were born. So what I want you to know and understand this morning is this, that God is calling you out. It's time that the church becomes the church. And not just does church, but we're actually, that we become the church. That we are actually the church. Not just a group of people that, that loves each other in this room, but a, but a church, a body of believers that loves the community and, and is willing to, to sacrifice things in their own lives so that others can know what, who this God is that we're talking about. But Jeremiah was being called out. He was letting Jeremiah know, Jeremiah, you have a purpose. He was calling him out and giving him a purpose in his life. You see, it's one thing to be called out, but it's another thing to answer the call. It's one thing to be called out, but it's another thing to answer the call. And it's like to me, I, I envisioned my mind this morning that God is calling out to people in churches all over this world, all over this great community, all over the United States of America. He's calling out to people who will just, who will just pick up the phone and say, God, here I am. Use me. Answer the call that God... The, the, listen, the phone is ringing. How many of you guys still have landlines in your home? Raise your hand. We, some, there's still people that, that, that still have, you know, back in the day, we didn't, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have ways of communication when, we're, when you're over there and somebody needs to get in touch with you. If they, didn't, if they couldn't reach you, oh well, you would go home and you'd pick up the landline and you'd call somebody. That's the only way that we had our pay phones. Those are no, no longer around. But the communication that we have now is just, just text and pick, we're just... I mean, it's just like they're right there. We can see them on the screen when they're thousands of miles away. But God, here's what I, this, here's what I want you to get this morning, and I hope you do. Pick the phone up, because God's calling you. Amen, Pastor. That's really good preaching right there. <laughs> Pick the phone up. Don't just let it keep ringing and think, oh, it's just a bill collector. Oh, it's just somebody that really doesn't want to get. No, God's trying to get your attention. And he's going, everybody do this with me. It's really easy. Answer the call. Because you have a call on your life. Please understand this morning that you have a call. You may not ever stand on a stage and preach a message. You may never sing a song on a worship team. But you have a call. You have a purpose. That God is calling you out this morning to lead the way in desperate times because we are living in desperate and dark times. But, but God is saying, listen, I'm looking for people who I can just pour into to go gather the harvest. It's one thing to, to be called out, but another thing to, to answer the call. Esther chapter 4 verses 14 says this, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. That Esther, 
that if you don't, if you don't do this thing that I've called you to do, understand this, I will call somebody else to do it. But I want you to know this is what I have for you. That if you don't step forward, I'm going to use somebody else. But Esther, you've been designed for such a time as this. You've been designed for such a time as this. And that's what God is saying to each and every one of us this morning. For such a time as this. Just like Jeremiah, God was calling Gideon out. He was calling him out. He was called out from a place that Gideon found himself many times before. The times of Gideon that he was living in was very difficult. People had turned away from God and began to worship idols. As the Bible talks about, people would be lovers of money, lovers of themselves. Anybody know what a selfie is? It's pretty self-explanatory. It's a picture of you that you're sending to everybody else because you think that they want to see you. So we live in a, we live in a society that loves themselves. And we want everybody else to see how much we love ourselves. But the Bible talks about that. Lovers of money, boastful, all these things will happen in the last days. But be encouraged today that you are the generation that God's raising up to lead the next revival into this great land. This land that God started many years ago with men that sat down and wrote the Declaration of Independence that prayed and met together in prayer times and said, God, we want to be led by you. Where is that today? Where is that today? Where's the church when times get desperate, when times get difficult? You know where they go? They go to the hole. And they just pray that it will just, God, please just let it go over. Like a storm that comes into your, into your community. Where do you go? You go to the safe place. You go in, uh, to the lowest part that you can go. And that's what we do as a church. We're not stepping forward. We're hiding. And God's saying, I'm calling you out, Legacy Church. I'm calling you out, Methodist Church. I'm calling you out, Catholic Church. I don't care what denomination is on your sign. We're all God's people and we're called to lead the way. That We're called to lead the way. God's calling us out this morning. But the time was difficult for Gideon. But it's difficult for us. And God was calling Gideon out for such a time as this. When God calls you out, He's calling you to, into action. He's not just calling you and giving you something. He's calling you to action. How many of you guys remember the game Red Rover? I used to love that game. Why? Because you can run as fast as you can do and just, just run over somebody and be okay with it. You can't do that. You can't even play dodgeball now. Come on. But anyway, we would love Red Rover. Why? Red Rover, Red Rover, send Chad right over, and you're just like, watch this. <laughs> you just run right through them. God's calling you out this morning. And here's what I just, just, uh, here, this is what God needs. He's calling you out. If you, all you can do is jog, just jog. If all you can do is walk, just walk. But move. Because when you move, the Holy Spirit moves with you. You're not moving by yourself. You, you've got, listen, just like when you were, you know, everybody, bought, when you bought a brand new pair of shoes, what did you think in your mind? That you could run fast. Why? Because of the shoes that you had on. I remember, I remember as a little kid going to the mall and buying a brand new pair of shoes and taking off running out of the sporting store, just running down the mall. Man, I was like flash cord and just... Why? Because I thought the shoes made me run faster. It had nothing to do with the shoes. But we have, listen, we have the momentum of the Holy Spirit behind us. You got everything that you need in your corner. 
And when you move, guess what? The Holy Spirit moves with you. And He's flowing and He's doing all these things. And He's like, yes, it's desperate. Yes, you're going through a difficult time. Yes, you're facing these tests. Yes, you're going through this thing. I understand that. But guess what? I'm moving with you as you go through it. That everything is going to be okay. But pastor, I don't know. I don't either, but I trust God to know that everything's going to be okay. Why? Because the Bible says that God is sitting on the throne today. He's looking over his children going, Hey Chad, just pick up the phone. And see what I have for you. So God's calling us out. He's wanting us to know that he's got something for us. Great and mighty things that God has for us. Hebrews 11 chapter 1 talks about now faith is the confidence of what we hope for. And the assurance of what we don't see. We can't see what God's going to do. We can't understand what's going to happen in the future. But God has given us a a word that says this, you know, here I am. This is what's going to happen. But we can't see it. By faith we believe it. And that's what God says. By faith just trust me. So real quickly, i, I got to get through this. I'm, I'm preaching a little longer than what I'm supposed to. And that's okay, though. So number one is this. Some things that I saw about this story that really stuck out at me. Number one is this. I am who he says I am. We sing a song about freedom and talks about I am who he says I am. You see, Gideon need to hear that that day. Some of you need to know and understand. You are who God says you are. Regardless of what other people spoke over your life in the, in the past. See, some people may have spoken negative stuff about you and said that you'll never amount to anything, that you're no good, you're all this stuff. That is a lie. That's the enemy's lie. But God says, I've got a plan and a purpose for your life. You're not here by mistake. You're, not here, by, you're, you're here by divine appointment by me. That's what God says. So some of you need to know and understand, just because you've done this in the past doesn't mean that's who you have to be in the future. Your past does not define who you will be in the present or even in the future. God says, you are who I say that you are. Look what he says about Gideon in verses 11 and 12. He says, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash the Abrazite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press to keep it from the Midianites. But when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, this is what he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Mighty warrior, not, hey, scaredy cat, or, hey, buddy, why are you hiding in the hole? He says, looks at him, he says, hey, I want, first of all, I want you to know that I'm with you, but then I want you to know who you are. I'm with you, and you're a mighty warrior, Gideon. You see, I, I, I can, you know, again, as I look at the story, God, or Gideon probably didn't feel like a mighty warrior that day. Can I tell you this morning, when I woke up, I didn't feel like a mighty warrior but I am who God says I am. When I go through difficult times, I don't feel like an overcomer. But what does the Bible say? I'm more than an overcomer. So just because you doesn't feel it doesn't mean that you're not that person. You are who God says you are. You have a stamp of approval from God Himself upon your life. And this is who you are. Despite of what situations you face in your life, that's who you are because that's what God says that you are. You see, Gideon is hiding out from the Midianites, just hoping to, to thresh a little weed and maybe get a little food. And he, and he looks at Gideon and he sees something in Gideon that Gideon doesn't see himself. Gideon is hiding out, trying to stay away from the outside problems. 
that's happening all around him with his people. And then I thought about this and I said this to our class on Wednesday night. How many times have we tried to escape problems that are happening all around us hoping that they will just go away? Just hoping that they'll just go away. Can I tell you, they will go away sometimes. But they're not always just going to go away. you got to fight when those problems arise in your life. Because the moment that you lay down and, and allow the enemy to win, he's won. But you got to fight. you gotta, you got to step forward and you gotta, you got to be the person that God's called you to be. Just like Gideon. He didn't see himself as a, a great warrior or a mighty warrior. How many times have we tried to hide from God hoping that he doesn't find us? Because how many times have we tried to run from God knowing that God's got a call in our life, but yeah, we're just like running away hoping, oh God, you're never going to see me. I can hide over here or I can go over here and God's never going to see me. If you got a call in your life, stop running from God. Stop and answer the call and see what happens in your life. It's not time to hide, it's time to move forward. God saw something in Gideon way before he ever got to the hiding place. God sees more in us than we see in ourselves. Look how God described Gideon in, the, in that hiding place, mighty warrior. Mighty warrior. When you think about mighty warriors, what do you think about? Men or women who are out in battle leading the way. People that are fighting, you know, doing all this. Is, this is my best impression in fighting right here. They're fighting. They're leading the way. Mighty warriors that are, saying, that, are, they're, that are out there going, I'll lead the way. I'll throw myself out there. I'll protect you. I'm fighting. Mighty warrior. Not somebody that's hiding out. But what did God see was a mighty warrior while he was hiding out, threshing wheat. That's what God says to us. We're mighty warriors. The word mighty means possessing might or greatness or, or imposing in size. God looks at us just like he looked at Gideon. God thinks and he knows that we are great and that we have greatness inside of us despite our flaws. When he looked down on David because David saw, or when everybody else looked down on David because of his size or because of his stature, God said, that's a mighty man of warrior right there. That's, I don't care his size. What I love is the size of his heart. What I love about his faithfulness that's inside of his life. That's what I'm looking for. Despite the size, despite the flaws, despite any of those things, that's what I see. I don't see the flaws. I see the, the faithfulness that's inside of his life. So that's what God saw in Gideon's life. God sees potential in each and every one of us. Look, in, look at your neighbor right now and say, you got potential. Please don't let your size or your past determine your worth or your potential. You see, sometimes we base our worth off who we are right now or what we've done in the past. Newsflash this morning, none of us are worthy. I don't care how close to the throne we live. We're not, none of us are worthy. We, we live, God has given us grace and mercy because of his love, not because of our worthiness. We're, we're just like filthy rags. But what did God, what did see? God, uh, God saw something in Gideon that Gideon didn't see himself. Number one, what did God see? God saw a mighty man of valor. What did, God, what did Gideon see? Well, I'm the weakest clan in my family or in my community but I'm also the least in my family. So that's what I say. That's who I am, God. That's what Gideon said. I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm not even, I'm like the bottom of the bottom, God. But when God saw him, he says, you know what, Gideon, you may feel that way, but you're a mighty man of war. You're a mighty 
man of valor. Valor means great courage in the face of danger, especially in battle. Strength of mind or spirit that enables a person to encounter danger with firmness or personal bravery. Sometimes we possess things in our life that we don't even know is there until God calls us out. Catch that this morning. We don't e- Sometimes we don't even know it's there until God calls us out. And what happens is when God calls us out and we pick up the phone and we start moving in the direction that God has called us to move, then you get to find out things about your life that you didn't even know were there because you stepped out in faith. Because when he calls you out, you're like, I don't think so, God, but he says you're a mighty man or a mighty woman of war. You're, you're, you're a mighty man of valor or a mighty woman of valor. That's hard to say, by the way. So I hope you caught what I just said because it did not make sense in my mind. God's calling us out. The day that God called Gideon out, well, he was threshing wheat. And this, I shared this with the class Wednesday night. I never, I've read this before. I never even thought of it until, until the other day. But when Gideon was actually in the hiding place, you know what he was doing? He was working. He was working. He wasn't just hiding out, but he was working. So sometimes in our life, we do things for God that maybe no one else sees. Understand this, God sees it. That what you do for Him is never gone unseen. It's never gone unseen. While everybody else was hiding, while everybody else was, was probably living with negative Nancy because you know all the situation that was going on in their life, Gideon was in the hiding place. Yes, he was in the hiding place, but what, he was, what was he doing? He was working. He was threshing wheat. He wasn't just sitting there and watching things happen. He was actually doing something. I know sometimes we were like, what am I supposed to do? I don't know if I, I show up early and we'll put you to work. We'll give you something. I don't know. If it's outside picking up flowers that come from the cemetery over there, I don't know. We'll, put, we'll give you a job to do. We'll give you a job to do. Just God says, where's my faithful people? I just need somebody to step forward. And Gideon was working. He wasn't being lazy. He was working. When David called God, or when God called David, David was tending sheep. When God called Moses, Moses was tending sheep. They were working. When God called the disciples, they were mending their nets. They were working. So God's not looking for lazy people. God's looking for people who will work, who will step out and go forward and do the things that God's called them to do. So I am who I, I, you are, who I say you that you are. That's what God says. Gideon may not have felt like a mighty warrior, but he was, God said he's something different. Verse 13 says this, Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied, But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about? And when, and when they said, did, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the Midianites? Or Midian? Listen, we have to be careful that we don't allow our feelings to lead us away from our calling. You have to be careful that you don't allow your feelings to lead you away from your calling. Because if Gideon would have listened to his feelings that day, guess where he would have stayed? In the hiding place. See, we listen to our feelings all the time. And God says, that's not who you are. This is who you are. Listen to my voice. I know you don't think that. I know you don't see that. But this is who you are. Moms, do you ever have days where you don't feel like being a mom? Dads, do you ever have a day where you don't feel like being a dad? You're just like, oh my God, my kids are driving me insane. I don't want to be a dad or don't want to be a mom today. But you know what? You do it. Why? 
because you were called to be a mom or a dad. And you, you know what? You work through the pain. You work through the difficulty. You help your children as best as you can. And you work through it. You never abandon them. You stick with them. Just like God has done with us. He sticks with us to the, to the very end. So Gideon didn't feel like a mighty warrior, but he was. The second thing is this. Or let me say this. Zechariah chapter 4, verses 6 says this. Not by might, not by, nor my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. God wants the glory, so let's give him the glory. Psalms 34, 4 says this. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. Psalms 18, verses 6 says this. In my distress, I called out to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him unto his ears. So he hears and knows our cries. Number two is this. Sometimes we need confirmation. Sometimes we need confirmation. Verses 17 says this. Gideon replied, If now I have found favor in your, in your eyes, and then he says this, Give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. Gideon's like, God... Okay, listen to me. He's like, okay, you've called me a mighty warrior. I don't think I am, but that's what you say. I'm hiding out in this place. I don't feel like a mighty warrior, God. I know and understand that. You said all this wonderful stuff about me, God. But you know what? I need confirmation. I need a sign. Give me something. Yes, you said all these wonderful things about me. And... That's not helping me, God. I, okay, thank you. But I need a sign. I need confirmation. And you know what God did? God gave him confirmation. He says, this is who you are, Gideon. Gideon took a goat and he put it on, this, on, on, on the altar and God consumed it. He consumed it. And Gideon was like, thank you, God. Thank you for showing me a confirmation. Thank you, God, for showing me that you're not just talking these great words about me, but you're actually going to be with me. Do you ever need confirmation from God sometimes? I do. I remember when we, saw, when we decided to plant a church, we were like, God, okay, we've, okay, God, you're calling us. This is what you're saying, but we need confirmation, God. We need something. Give, give us a sign. So we decided, you know, we decided to put our house on the market. I mean, we didn't know what else to do, so we, we, were pray, we prayed about it, and we sat down, we talked. We were like, we'll just put our house on the market. So we put it on the market for six months, a little, little bit of activity, nothing, no, nothing at all. And then about, I think it was like the eighth or ninth month that we had it on, on the market, I get a call from my realtor, says, hey, I want you to know that somebody wants your house. I'm like, really, that's exciting, woo thank you. But, but he says this, he says, I want you to know that this lady has never even seen your uh, step foot on the property. She's only seen your house by... Web, by the website. She hasn't been on it. She hasn't even walked through it. But this is what she says to me. I want that house. So you know what I felt in my spirit? Thank you, God, for that sign. That's a confirmation for us to move forward in what you're calling us to do. So, listen, don't be, don't be afraid to ask God for confirmation because there's sometimes you're going to go through things in your life and you're going to read the Bible and you're not going to understand it and it's not going to make any sense to you. Just look at him and say, God, help me understand this. Help me to understand. I don't understand it. God, help me to understand it. And you know what? He will. Because if he's calling you to something great, he's going to confirm it in your life. 
He's not going to leave you there by yourself. He will give you confirmation to know that God is leading you in your life. Romans chapter 5, 8 says this, But God demonstrates His own love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't just talk about Him giving His life for us, that He actually gave His life for us. That when we see and we think about the story, when we, when we think about God hanging on the cross, do you know what that's called? That's called confirmation that God loves you. That he didn't just talk about it, but he showed you how much he loves you by dying on the cross. He gave us confirmation to know how much we meant to him by giving his life for you. That's confirmation. There's, there's, there's something about confirmation that when God gives it to us, there's a peace that comes over us. Why? Because we know that we're walking in God's will even though we don't understand it. When we felt that confirmation in our spirit, we felt like God says, okay, move forward. We felt peace, but can I tell you this morning, there was still some uncertainty in my life. Even though that God showed us that, there was still some uncertainty of God. I'm not sure. I'm not 100%. So God, you know what? Show us another sign. Give us something else, God. And He will. Just like He did Gideon. Gideon asked for sign after sign after sign. And He gave it to him. God's looking for people that will just lead the way. And when we don't understand what God's calling us to do, just say, God, please explain it to me. Give me just a little bit and He will. He may not show you the whole picture, but He will let you know what, you're, what He's wanting to do in your life. Confirmation. Verses 23 and 24 says this, But the Lord said to him, talking to Gideon, He says this, He says, Peace, do not be afraid, for you're not going to die. So Gideon got up and he built an altar there and he called it the Lord is peace. And the Bible says that to this day it stands in Oprah of the Abrazites. That that day when, when, when God spoke to him, he says peace. And Gideon's like, okay God, thank you. Thank you for speaking peace over my life. And what did he do? He built an altar. Why? To remember what God did for him that day. That any time that he goes through a moment of weakness, you know what he can do? He can come back to that altar and remember what God spoke over his life. Just like you, when God gives you something in your life, you can write it down in a notebook. And maybe you forgot about it, and you, and you, and you, you flip through the notebook, and you're, like, you're reading over, you're like, I totally forgot about that. I totally forgot what God just spoke over my life. And then all of a sudden, there's this, there's this peace that comes over you. Why? Because the Bible says that God is peace. That he's with you. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to give you confirmation in your life even though when it doesn't even make sense. Why? Because you're stepping out in faith. And when we do, God supplies our needs and gives us everything in our life. Philippians chapter 4, verses 7 says this, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God will supply your need. God will take care of your need. God, listen, God will do what God can do in your life when you do what God's called you to do. You, listen, you can't expect God to be faithful and take care of your needs when you're not being faithful to God. I know that's not easy to hear, but I'm just telling you the truth. If you want the blessings, if you want God's peace, if you want God's protection, if you want God's provision, then you know what? You do what you do and allow God to do what He can do. And when you do, God will be faithful to you. 
He will, he will give you the things that you need, not, maybe, not necessarily the things that you want, but He will give you the things that you need in order to get through this life and to be the person that God's called you to be. I want a million dollars, but that doesn't mean that God's going to supply me with a million dollars. He will take care of my needs. And so when we are faithful to Him, God will give us peace He will give us confirmation to know that I'm with you, that everything is going to be okay. Just like Gideon felt that day when God says, Gideon, don't be afraid, have peace. And the last thing is this. Get ready for ministry because God wants to use you. Get ready for ministry because God wants to use you. Verses 25 through 27 says this. The same night that the Lord said to him, Take a second bull from your father's herd, the one, of, that, the one seven years old. Tear down the fa- your father's altars to Baal and cut down all the Asherah poles inside. Then, the pro- then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God. And on top of that, on top of its height, using the wood that you tore down from the Asherah poles, offering the second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took his ten servants and did as the Lord told him to do. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than during the daytime. So Gideon's first ministry opportunity that God called him to do was to go into his father's house and tear down all the idols that he had built. It wasn't to go across the street and talk to some little old lady about Jesus. He had to go into his father's house where his father had been worshiping idols, where his father had constructed all these idols, and he told him to tear them down. In other words, Gideon, get your house in order because I'm about to use you. You see, sometimes we need to tear down some things in our life that's not pleasing to God. If you don't prune some things in your life, some things that are dead, that thing that needs to be pruned will suck the life out of everything else in your life. If you're a fruit, if you're a, a farmer that, that does, you know, that plants trees or whatever, you realize that there's sometimes going to be dead limbs on the tree, and you have to prune it to protect the rest of the tree. And when you don't, when you don't prune it, the re- that dead limb will kill the rest of the tree. So there may be things in your life that God says, hey, I need you to get rid of because it's really killing everything else that I want to do in your life. So he didn't have the opportunity of leading vacation Bible school or teaching a class on Sunday morning. He had to go into his father's house and destroy all the pagan worship that was there. That's scary to me. Think about that. You going into your own family's house and just, just wiping everything out and say, okay, guess what? Now we're going we're gonna to be men and women of God because we're destroying everything else. Get ready for ministry because God wants to use you. You may not understand it. You may not have it all figured out. But what what I keep hearing in my spirit is this. You are who he says you are. That God will give you confirmation that he wants to do incredible things in your life. That's what I keep hearing in my spirit over and over. It's not time to, to take a back seat. It's not time to be led by your feelings. It's time to be led by your faith. And make hard choices for yourself and for everyone else that are around you. I want you to stand to your feet this morning, and we're going we're gonna to close out in prayer. If you would, just bow your heads just for a moment. God used Gideon that day to get rid of all the negativity in the house, all the idol worship, all of those things.
to get rid of it. In the verse 34, it says this, Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abrazites to follow him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and he built an army by the men that God sent to him because he was willing to step out in faith even though he didn't feel it. God's calling us today. He's calling us today to a closer walk. Well, pastor, you, I'm, I'm pretty close to him. Get closer. We're never too close to God that we can't get closer. Well, pastor, I've served him for many years. Great. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 says that they lived by faith all the way until they died. It's not time to sit back and allow the young generation to lead the way because that young generation may not understand the things that you know about God, so it's our job to teach them. God says, lead the way. All of us, lead the way. Father, today in this house, God, these people that are standing before you today, Father, they're the ones that you died on the cross for. But God, you saw them before they were ever formed, before anybody else had ever seen them, before they knew what name they would have, you saw them. God, you're calling them out to be great men and women in the community and to lead. Don't be led by your doubts. Don't be led by your feelings. But God says, be led by your faith. Allow God to use you. Allow God to use you at work. Allow God to use you at school. Allow God to use you at the convenience store. Allow God to use you at the gym. Wherever it is that you travel, wherever you go in your life, allow God to speak to your life and be obedient to what God's calling us to do. There's no greater call than the call of God on our life. For just a moment, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I have to ask this question this morning. If you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, the first thing that you can ever do to be a leader for God is first get your house right. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, I'm not really sure that I've ever made, that I've ever prayed a prayer for God to come into my heart. Well, today is your day. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one's looking around. This is, this is between you and God. If that's you, say, Pastor, I'm not sure. Will you just slip your hand up? If you're not sure, just put your hand up and you can put it right back down. Anybody. Father, God, you're calling us today just as we are. 
Just as we are, you're calling us. He touched me. He touched me, and now I know. He put his hand on my shoulder. I feel that peace. I feel that, that thing that God is he's, he's putting in my life. He touched my life. He's calling each and every one of us out because he's got a plan and a purpose. God, today, we love you and we thank you. God, we know and understand that this, this thing that you're calling us to is much larger than we are. But the ministry that you're calling us to, God, you're much bigger than that. So all we have to do is just be faithful and follow in your footsteps, God, and you will lead us and you will guide us and you will direct our steps and you will provide for us. We thank you today for your faithfulness. And God, what I pray is, God, allow Legacy Church to leave a legacy in this community. Not people to talk about us, but the people to talk about who God was in us. So, Father, today we, we're honored and thankful that you've called us to follow you. Give us strength when we, need our, when we need strength. Give us boldness when we need boldness. And give us courage when we need courage. Because you're our provider. God, we love you and we thank you today for this day and for your word that we not only hear with our ears, but we hear it with our hearts and we apply it to our lives. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' wonderful and precious and holy name, and everyone said amen and amen. God bless you. Have a fantastic day. Love on somebody before you leave today. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.